Hello there. My name is John Recchia, and you are tuned in to my new podcast, Innocence Lost. I didn't have a proper title in the first episode, um, but I've been giving it some thoughts, and this is what I'm going to go with. I really struggle with titles, but based on the content I'm trying to do, and just because of an inside joke with some of my friends, it seems like the one I'm going to stick with. There's this movie that I'm obsessed with called This Is The End, um, and it's about a bunch of famous people um, who play themselves. So like Seth Rogen's in it, Jonah Hill, James Franco, that whole crowd of people um, convened to a house party um, <laughs> and the apocalypse ensues. And at some point in the movie, Jay Baruchel is walking past a um, like a swing set that's like abandoned and he very epically and dramatically just says innocence lost um, <laughs> and it's always something that cracks me up and it's always something I'm I'm saying around the house so it just seemed like a decent bet so yeah this week I'm gonna be a little more free-flowing with my opening monologue here um, last episode there was a lot I needed to catch you up on um, a lot I needed to hash out but this week, I'm just chilling. Um, I'm in my room in Brooklyn. Um, got some work done this morning, and I have some extra time in the afternoon to record this intro. Um, yeah, things are going pretty well. Um, I'm in very good spirits. Haven't really been anxious or depressed much in the last couple weeks, which is a nice change of pace. And because of that, I've, I've gotten a lot done. And I've gone out and explored a lot um, of Brooklyn and Manhattan. Um, this past weekend, I'm, as many of you know, I am a big Beastie Boys fan and a big Talking Heads fan. So, so me and my new roommate, um, Yudesh, who is the topic of this episode, um, ventured into the Lower East Side and checked out Electric Ladyland Studios, where a ton of very great and famous people have recorded music. Um, we went to the old site for CBGB, which is a famous rock club in New York where the Talking Heads came up. Um, that is now a John Varvados, but <clears throat> they, had a, they had a cool mural across the street that made it all worth it. And finally, we went to the site where the album cover for Paul's Boutique um, the Beastie Boys sophomore album uh, was taken, and they have a really cool mural there as well. So naturally, I had a lot of fun with those activities, um, and I had a lot of fun with Yudesh, who I had the pleasure of talking to a couple months ago, um, and you're going to hear that today. So before this conversation, we had no idea we were going to be roommates together in Brooklyn, um, and it just kind of worked itself out um, in this discussion we talk about music we talk about sadness <laughs> we talk about dating um and talk about losing innocence in general which uh fits with the title well um so i hope you enjoy i saw you in the dream jordy i think it must be a good thing you were running with the shadows, but you came back to shine a light. 
right. So why uh, why Chicagoland for your parents? So I, I kind of want to hear a little bit more about your parents. Um, so they both lived like a lot of their life in India and were both working full time. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in India, um, and they actually met in India, but, uh, in between, it's kind of like a fragmented area where they had met and my dad was in the U S uh, for college. Um, and okay. so he went to temple. Uh, I think that's in Phil, that's in Philadelphia, right? So that was kind of his first taste of the U S, um, and at that point, my mom was uh, still in India. Um, he came back. And I don't even know what the whole decision-making process was or what drew them to the U.S., really. Um, it's probably a conversation that would be very interesting to have with them. And yeah. They, they can yeah. be the next guest. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> And how did they meet? I think they just... Uh, met through like family acquaintances uh so just like the i guess kind of like arranged marriage type thing but like right in terms of like a i don't know just like a family friends thing um but yeah i don't i i don't even know that many of the details of how they met or really their life before they came here which is crazy i don't know is that a is that a thing that many people... I feel like that's a thing that people know, right? And I've just never delved that deep into it with them. <laughs> you know? I gotcha. And that's gotcha. it's probably representative of our, of our relationship as a whole as well. Um, Interesting. Okay. So they end up in Chicagoland. Um, they both work... Your mom work. Does your mom still work for U.S. Cellular? <laughs> she, yeah, she does actually. Okay. Uh, I remember getting. Uh, I remember getting box seats mm-hmm. when we were kids. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, uh, but not a guaranteed rate field, unfortunately. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and what does your dad do? Um, he works at a company called Serva, which is it's a it's a relocations company, and uh, he uh, just is a database developer. So, yep, he just codes with that uh, and uh, manages databases of just, like, customer information. Very cool, very cool. So then, so you were born, um, and then you went to Norton Creek Elementary, correct? Mm-hmm. Do you have any fond memories of Norton Creek? Yeah, I thought it was... I, well... When we were at kindergartners, um, it was the first year the school was open. Uh, so oh, I just, so you were the you were the founding father. Exactly. Um, so we were the first people that were there the whole time. So I mean, as a kindergartner, uh, obviously, I thought that was really cool. Uh, it was a brand new school, brand new everything, and it was like right next to my house. Yeah, perfect. But um, yeah, it's. Honestly, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed my time there. Probably the fondest fondest memory from elementary school. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, you know, uh, I, I for people that don't know, I'm a small guy, like five five, like one thirty or something. But back in the day, fourth and fifth grade, 
used to play football and I was on the offensive line. <laughs> Probably the fondest <laughs> memory from elementary school is popping off on the push-up test in fifth grade, dropping 72 push-ups. And 72 is a lot. That's a lot. That's, that's a more lot than I can do right now by an <laughs> extremely large margin. And I don't know. It was one of those, I don't know, just like a glorious mo- moment as like a 10-year-old, you know? Right. Uh, like winning. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, just like, I don't know. I'd compare it to just like, I don't know, winning the championship well, in the league or something. Yeah, like, like in, well, in your, in your life at that moment, like mm-hmm. there's nothing else. Exactly. Like that matters. <laughs> I think the I, I the way the reason I look at it fondly is just that it's so funny. If you, you know, like the fact that I've declined since <laughs> fifth grade, yeah, <laughs> physically, and um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but you go ahead. So, right. Well, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I I felt the same way in like middle school with the pacer test. Like, I don't know. I was kind of fat and like out of shape like early on um and i started getting in better shape like later and then i kind of used that as like a like once i don't know i i just meant to say that the i went i was one of those kids that went super fucking hard at the pacer test and was like sweating in math class after that <laughs> smelling like shit <laughs> i was one of those guys um, yeah <laughs> so <laughs> fucking gym class so, man yeah yeah <laughs> what a time um, so in elementary school, I assume you met Marco, Mitt, and Paris, right? Yes. So we all lived in, okay. so basically the, the elementary school boundaries were our little, uh, suburban subdivision, uh, that we were living in. Um, so I met all of them. Um, I actually met, so, um, Marco and Mitt were there with me as a kindergartner. But the first person I actually met, I think, was Paris. Um, and he moved from just a nearby, I think, like Carroll Stream or something like that uh, in second grade. Uh, yeah, so I remember meeting him first. Uh, I think the the reason we probably associated with each other is that we were just two little brown boys. And we were like, what's up? We lived a couple houses down. Right, yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, it's crazy to think that. Um, I guess with the with, with the exception of Mitt, but I feel like I could still hit him up. But like we're all still in touch with each other. Um, I met Marco probably like third grade. Obviously, still talk to him all the time. And and homies, homies ever since. Yeah, and I I don't think that's like a a normal thing. I think you see even like with high school friends. I think you see a lot of people that like leave high school and they're like i never want to see any of these people again so it's uh and that's so let alone elementary school i don't know what uh criteria we had um it's starting to hang out but i guess uh i guess we got lucky i don't know yeah that's cool so then so then you go to middle school um at redling um and that was that was the time <laughs> that's where we kind of so we're kind of like the whole well more of the it seems like we we added pieces to like the squad as uh, as years went on um but yeah middle school is when we met do you remember do you have any early memories of me 
Can you think of, like, the first time? Oh, well, we kind of knew each other in elementary school a little bit because of the the cello mishap. <laughs> <laughs> the what? <laughs> I think back to me dropping the cello. Third oh, time. see, I, I didn't even, yeah, so the, the orchestra <laughs> connection. I didn't even think about yeah. the schools were combined. Yes, yeah, so we, we had an orchestra connection mm-hmm. early on. Yeah, and I knew I knew you as that guy, but I didn't know. Yeah, you. right. And I, I remember Mar- Marco always says that um, he always used to switch like stands like before um, like rehearsal with me and Connor Mannion because he was like, "Fuck this dude," <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. So yeah. Um, apart from yeah, apart from that, I think. I don't even know what the timeline is for this, but the bags tournament, big. Oh yeah, yeah that was uh, big, big moment in our friendship. <laughs> yeah, that was huge. Because I didn't think I know you. I didn't think I knew you that well before we entered it, and I don't know uh-huh. like how it even like happened. But I don't. Uh, you, do you want to do you want to tell the story or? Uh... Yeah. So definitely, <laughs> definitely a formative. Uh... Uh, experience in our relationship for sure we uh we joined a a bags tournament um i forget there was like a buy-in um and i think you got you got like a hundred bucks or maybe maybe it was like a hundred bucks each if you it was a lot of money i remember (laughs) it was it was like a fuck it was like a fuck ton of money like at the time for sure um (laughs) and we and we won i remember like we kind of we kind of went down went down early um and i i think it was a double elimination and i think we lost like early on in the tournament and uh we we learned from our mistakes and then we came back and we won it all and i remember we beat some little girls that were probably like five years younger than us or something um (laughs) they cried (laughs) they cried and we like like jumped up in the air and like celebrated like we were trying we were trying so hard (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were trying incredibly hard. Um, because I don't know if at the time we were thinking about this, but I remember um, like putting that winning toward uh, Mono for three. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know which COD time. it was, but I knew I would have <laughs> bought COD. It, it, was a, it was a COD, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Um, and then what I kind of... The first like kind of memory I have of you is uh, me... When I kind of... I remember, so we were in orchestra together um, for years, um, and I remember I, I broke my thumbs, which is like a story I kind of tell a lot, um, but I, bro- I broke both my thumbs, it happened. Um, so I couldn't like play the cello <clears throat> for a while, like a few months. And for whatever reason, I just started like, like I would still have to go to like orchestra rehearsal and shit, even though I couldn't play. So I would just kind of just sit there and hang out. Um, and I remember for whatever reason I started gravitating towards you, um, and we just started hanging, like, in the violin section while, like, you would play, and I would just kind of sit there. Um, and then I kind of, like, how, kind of how I, like, start to think of squads being merged, was, that was kind of how I met you, and then from there, things kind of took off, um, which was very interesting. I guess that was that, that was yeah I do I, I yeah I I remember you breaking both of your thumbs I didn't know I for some reason I thought that was in high school 
but now and, and yeah, it was middle school and it's i feel like all the when i think about orchestra like i just instantly go to that high school orchestra room but i i right. kind of forgot about that just like was it even like an orchestra room it was just like a like it was like a weirdly shaped like just normal like room yeah. that was just like in the corner of the middle school uh-huh. mr yeah. pasek's mr. just fucking jim pasek on his bullshit <laughs> he would always used to take my uh take my bow away from me because i would just like play a lot just like when i wasn't supposed to <laughs> there were like two or three occasions where he like just like took my bow at the beginning of rehearsal and i had to just like pluck the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he was a strange guy he was a strange guy yeah i guess the, school was... yeah the middle school teacher in general in some ways and the definitely a middle school like arts teacher it attracts a yeah an interesting yeah yeah so that was so that was a long fucking time ago. So we can kind of move to to St. Charles East, which is kind of I don't know where where the transition kind of began. I feel like into kind of who you are now. Um, what was that experience like for you overall? Would you say did you looking back on it like did you like high school? I honestly I think I enjoyed it a decent amount. Or I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but. No, I yeah, no. I wouldn't say I completely enjoyed it. Um but I don't think I would be on the level of people that just kind of hated it. Um right. in in, in some ways I'm I'm at the same point I'm at now, you know. I was just going through it. And I mean, luckily I had I, I think I had some pretty good friends and we're all still uh talking to each other. But yeah. just kind of being I mean, it's definitely, like, a very different experience than today when it's nice to go to school every day and kind of just see all your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part I enjoyed. I don't think I ever liked going, like, just school, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, waking up at, like, I, I don't even know when... 6.30. Like, yeah, like, school started at, like, <laughs> 7 o'clock, and... Like, I definitely, it didn't make me want to get out of bed in the morning. And it actually made me want to stay in bed in the morning. Right, right. But I think, yeah, I would say, like, the friends I had in high school kind of made it a lot better. Definitely. You played, uh, you played tennis, I remember, for all four years or three years? Yeah, I actually did. My freshman year, I was terrible. Yeah, I got. I think I got a little better sophomore year. Um, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, so the sophomore year, I wasn't on the lowest possible team, which was nice. So that was a nice achievement. And then I think junior year, I plateaued, and then senior year, I I went down again in skill. But uh, there was a <laughs> there was a system on the tennis team where if you're on JV, like sophomore or junior year you just get bumped up to varsity because you're like not allowed uh, as you're as a senior because you're just not allowed to be on jv so i was just kind of riding that bench and i don't think i yeah i think i definitely got worse from like sophomore to junior to senior year but it was right. still fun uh just fun like time. i don't know like being in a sport it's just another social circle that you're in yeah yeah and um, a lot of our buddies were doing it too so so that helped um Something I kind of, something I kind of missed, and I kind of want to go back a little bit, um, was 
just kind of like your relationship with school um, and schoolwork as well. So I, I think about you as, I don't know, just one of the smartest people I know. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, when I think of you, Dash, I think of just a really smart guy. <clears throat> and there's an accomplishment in graduating University of Illinois with an engineering degree um, with a pretty high GPA from what I gathered. Um, so early on in school, did was there? Because I remember you did Kumon, right? That was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like being young and like like just enjoying it, or like did you know for a while that you were just like better than people, or <laughs> like? Um. Well. So when you I you mentioned Kumon, so um are, are you asking if I enjoyed that specifically or just kind well, of just like in did did you like growing up did, did did you find joy in like classwork and homework and did you think like did you think you were good at it or just kind of talk about that a bit Yeah I see what you're saying So I guess yeah Kumon was like um that was so it's just like a tutoring center um and for people that don't know um and i don't even know what year i probably started going there probably for like three years like third grade to middle school or something like that uh but yeah i fucking hated that shit uh <laughs> uh it, it just i mean it was just kind of like more homework um and but when i i guess when i think back on it um it's kind of hard to say whether like how much that benefited me because it may well have been like a huge advantage you know um and i i feel like that's like kind of speaks to my parents parenting style um so i mentioned before they kind of chose that safe route they're just living in like the kind of cookie cutter house in the suburbs and nothing can really go wrong there um and then you put your kid in whatever uh, tutoring and you're just kind of trying to give them the best chance possible, you know? Um, and and I'm sure that probably positively affected just, like, my schoolwork. Um, I mean, in elementary school, in, like, fourth or fifth grade, there was advanced math or whatever. Um and I guess throughout whatever there is advanced math, right? And advanced, gifted, yeah. whatever. And, and that I was, was always you. Yeah, I was in those. And I don't think, like, <laughs> you know that meme where it's, like, if you, like, the just the gifted kid meme? Where people are like, yeah, I was a gifted kid in, in school <laughs> and now, like, I'm depressed or whatever. I just always think <laughs> yeah. that's, I, I think that's really funny. And, like, yeah. But no, I don't. I don't even know why I brought up that. But I just, <laughs> I always see people. Maybe in like 2018, I always saw people tweeting that shit. They're like going to college. But yeah, I mean, just like being in that shit. Uh, I guess you're always like being told that you are better. You know, mm-hmm. at, at schoolwork at least. And at school, at school, just in general, like. Has it just come pretty easy to you? 
I think that much. No, I think it like kind of plays to my strengths. Like I think I'm a good like exam taker, and I can. I I mean like if you think about like what like what does school actually like test? You know, like you just gotta memorize some bullshit and then like be able to regurgitate it on an exam. Um, mm-hmm. and then may, and to some extent, I'm, I, and I, I'm probably over general, uh, over generalizing to like math and science stuff, because I think for the most part, that's what that is. But yeah, I think school was pretty easy. Interesting. Yeah. So kind of what I, what I gather from it is, I don't know. I kind of always think back to like, I think peers help too. Like, I don't know. When I'm just thinking about your your best friends in your formative years, it was Marco and Paris, who are two people who are also very fucking smart um, and are very successful at what they do. And if you would have been friends with, I don't know, burnout-y type people early on, that could have affected things, for sure. I know, I know at least that's how it was kind of for me. Like, I don't know, when I was in elementary school, I just hung out with... <laughs> my neighbor Cody Wagner, um, who was an idiot. Like <laughs> I can be blunt in saying that. Like really not not my type of person, not really going anywhere. Um and I I, I feel very lucky to have met like kind of our group of friends because they kind of showed me that <clears throat> I don't know, getting A's were cool. <laughs> getting A's were like expected. That's just like kind of what you do um and yeah and if i would have stuck around like another crowd when i was in like middle school and high school that shit could have changed me for sure so so i look at peers and i look at parents as well like yeah i think parents getting in on the tutoring shit early on and i don't know forcing you to do your homework and shit um so those are two of the facets and then the third facet is just like kind of like your own gift i guess just being apt to it. Um, and I feel like you got all three. Yeah, I got lucky, I guess. <laughs> and that's all, I mean, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, no one did anything to be, like, more apt at, like, doing schoolwork or more apt at any subject. Um, so I guess it's just really the lottery. But do you think, I guess, when you were saying, like, the people you associate with kind of pushing you to want to be more successful or as you put it like a's are a's are cool do you think yeah do you whether it's like specifically me or just like other people do you think that put like pressure on you on a negative way um i don't know i i kind of look back at it where i am now and I, and I remember thinking about this a lot, like, when I was first, like, applying to schools and stuff. And kind of talked about it with my mom. Because, like, my mom would kind of always bring this up. She'd be like, oh, your friends are so smart. Like, this is great. Like, you, you have such cool friends. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I look at it as just, like, a complete positive. Um, you guys helped me get on track. Um, but I guess it's all relative to... I don't know <laughs> what you think's cool, I guess. Um, and, I, and I guess, like, your peers help you find what you really like. Yeah.
does were there any like I don't know like when you think about your role models in high school or kind of like influential figures in your life early on um, does anyone come to mind yeah so I think like a little bit of what I talked about earlier with my brother kind of being on just like a completely different level than me and being more of an uncle um, I would say that yeah him definitely um, I mean he went to U of I for chemical engineering and I saw him succeed at that and I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit here to college but uh, I also <laughs> went to U of I for chemical engineering and that's definitely one of the big influences that made that happen um, but yeah just I guess having a brother that has already been through that and has kind of gained his footing in life and he's been pretty successful, um, that was definitely someone I looked up to. Cool. So bro, broski. Um, so yeah, we can just, we can just jump to that. So you, um, ended up going to U of I to study engineering. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that process? Did you apply to other schools or I do kind of remember actually yeah, you can go ahead yeah um, well I I, don't, I definitely applied to more schools but I definitely remember uh, applying to Berkeley and I visited there too so I really wanted to go there uh, I visited there it was super cool amazing weather and I don't know that's kind of where I wanted to, to be um, but I didn't end up getting in there. <laughs> So, and I also like U of I, I don't know, it's like kind of close to home and it was almost like the default option, um, you know what I mean? Because if you think about like the people that go there, it's kind of all just people from the Chicago suburbs that are just kind of going to the state school. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I don't know, it was just kind of the, uh, the default option. I was like, I'm kind of going to do this. Uh, but as far as chemical engineering, I'm going to be honest, not a whole lot of thought went into that decision. Kind of just uh, was continuing the motion of where I was going. Um, in high school, I think, like, you're kind of pushed. Like, if you're, if, if you're a high achiever in math and science, it's kind of like, oh, go to school for engineering, you know? Um, not that I, like, didn't want to do that. It was just, like, that was kind of what you do, and then I did it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. How, how do you think? Uh, what What do you think your path would have been if you went to Berkeley? <laughs> uh, I have no idea, but that would have been. <laughs> it would have been interesting. A California guy. I don't know. Is, is Ber- Where is Berkeley? Is it like near the beach or? Uh, it's near San Francisco. Uh, it's in the oh, okay. So Actually, I don't even know. I don't know for that for sure. Don't quote me on that. But I think yeah, it's pretty close to San Francisco. You go to U of I. Um, you live in a freshman dorm without knowing anyone, correct? You kind of went in blind? Yeah, I, I mean, I knew some people from, like, knew of people from high school that I, like, wasn't really friends with that were going to, like, I'm, I, I think a lot of people, um, went, but in my dorm specifically, honestly, I got, like, a, like, a kind of shit dorm, not that it turned out shit, but it's, yeah, it, it's called FAR, uh, so it's FAR, and it's literally in, like, the farthest corner of campus, and, um, 
it was just it wasn't the greatest building um and the reason i was there is because i kind of like missed the sign up period for dorms i just was like i don't know i was like ah whatever i'll just get whatever i get so i signed up like a week after that that's kind of what i ended up with and i was on like the top floor too so it was it was super annoying not an ideal situation and yeah i didn't know anyone my roommate um was he was super quiet i i honestly really liked him but we didn't talk at all like ever (laughs) and it it sounds kind of weird it sounds weird but we had like a mutual understanding we would uh i don't know we'd pass by each other no no words were exchanged but we got along and there weren't any issues somehow hey it could be it could be way worse than that <laughs> yeah that's it's I, think, kind like, of a lot, I think in a lot of cases like it's it's ideal scenario i was about to say that it, that for me personally that that's my ideal scenario we're just we're both there we're not messing with each other um and we're we're just coexisting uh-huh. but, but so you said it so you said it was yeah you kind of went in blind and you signed up too late and you got a pretty shitty situation but it seemed like you ended up with an ideal situation by the end of freshman year, as far as like your group of friends that you found. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much where it was formed. Um, just like a couple of people on my floor, so Lucas and Fassel, they they were roommates, and um, they were a couple doors down from me. Uh, I don't know how we really met. I think it might have just been one of those like kind of open door first week type things, you know, when you kind of leave your door open in the dorms. People just walk in. I don't know, maybe Fassel was just playing guitar or something with the door open, trying to look sick. I walked in. Uh, and that's how I met them. And then I don't... <laughs> and we were roommates for the rest of college. And then um, my other roommate, who was also there from the rest of college was just somehow always around he lived across campus uh but shile yeah he he was just always around somehow i i really i, I literally don't know how he got there because he didn't live in our dorm but uh yeah so I, I had a good group of people around me so even though uh at the surface it was probably the worst dorm i could have gotten i mean it worked out pretty well for me it takes people a while to make friends in college it took me a while to make friends in college so i feel like it was a pretty good scenario and you had easy access to the japanese gardens and the idea garden um too which which is nice yeah i remember going to you by my freshman year and going to the dorm um and meeting all the boys for the first time um and they're a they're a fantastic group of gentlemen some of my favorites i really like those guys and i really like um like tommy and liam's crew in ames as well so i feel like we got um some good connections out of that as well some good dudes um but yeah i remember going that first time and drinking uh uh, everclear (laughs) like (laughs) yeah like it was like a distinct memory of like us passing around like an everclear bottle while like Fassel and Lucas were doing like Bitcoin mining or like some I don't know it was like, some, uh, like... it was it was bust a bit it was a uh... yeah <laughs> so <laughs> the it was basically an online gambling site uh, where uh-huh. I mean it's not really uh, the Bitcoin the only thing with Bitcoin is that that's just like the currency that you have to use on it 
Um, right. But yeah, basically, it's a multiplier that goes up, and it, like it just goes up on your screen, and you're in for whatever you want, and then you when you get out, that's like the multiplier that your money gets. But if you bust, then you lose all of it. So it's super entertaining, right. super addicting too. There's some people down there that were hardcore. Uh, I think we had like we were on like ten bucks in or something. Uh, but so freshman year happens. I'm on Marco. Um, transfers sophomore year, um, so the, the homie we kind of talked about from the beginning ends up coming to Champagne as well, which is nice. Um, it, it was it was nice throughout college. Um, me be on be me being only forty five or so minutes away. Um, just be able to drive and have a group of boys to hang out with. Um, it was very nice. So what did you? So what was college like? Did you enjoy it overall? In hindsight, do you miss it? Um, just being a little less than a year out. Um. Well, I think I if I like reflect on my just overall college experience, I think I could have gotten more out of it. You know, I, I think the mentality that I went in with wasn't the best. I kind of was just trying to uh, get by with the with whatever satisfactory performance that I wanted at the minimal effort. Um, and I feel like, I, I mean, that worked out, but I think there was probably a lot, of more, a lot more things that I could have gotten involved in. But at the same time, I don't regret uh, the path that I took through college. I mean, I think most of the time was just spent, like, just getting my shit done and then just straight chilling. Um, and and uh, some some of my favorite bulls in college um, happened in Champagne, which I feel like kind of goes with goes with the vibe of the college and town in general. Um, it's much better than Bloomington for that <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, I'm wearing my uh, my Binnie's uh, unofficial T-shirt right now. <laughs> but. I only ended up making it once. He went to unofficial multiple times, right? Yeah, I guess I was just there. But uh, we never really, I don't know, did we really, like, celebrate it that much? I think freshman year, I think we were, we were, like, super pumped about it, you know? Like, as a freshman coming in. Right, yeah. And we definitely drank too much, like, too early in the morning. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I wasn't, like, super into the unofficial. It was a little too, I think U of I partying is already like a little bit too much and unofficial is just the epitome of that squished into one day but it's it's a fun time i think um the reason that i have fond memories of it is because people would always visit for it um and i think that's what made it good rather than it just being the shit by itself you know Mm -hmm. for sure um yeah i remember this past unofficial I like, I think I had two burritos in one day, like looking back on it. I think I had <laughs> Chipotle for lunch <laughs> and then <laughs> and then for dinner we had that like Mexican place that was like right down the street from you. Mm. So I consumed like a fuck ton of calories from beer and then ate two giant burritos. Um, so my body wasn't, and then Joe fucking got pulled over. Um, <laughs> Or not pulled over. His car broke down on the way home. I, I talk about this with Oh, Bob. I forgot that that was uh, <laughs> yeah. on a fish. 
Yeah, his, his car broke down, and it's, like, the worst day for it, because we were, like, calling people to come help us, but literally everyone was shit-faced, and no one could. <laughs> exactly, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and why did you guys even have to leave that night? Was there, like, Because someone? I, yeah, because I had, I forget, someone else might have had to go home, too, but I had to leave that next morning at 6 a.m. for my alternative spring break trip uh, to North Carolina. <laughs> so I was like still drunk on the bus, like mm. full from those two burritos, um, just trying to survive. And yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> right before Rona, like the week of, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I think it was. I mean, at that point, it was known. It was it known was that known. it was a thing. Um, I don't think it was really. I mean, I'm sure it was in the United States, but it wasn't like a. There was no, I think the stay-at-home order was probably, like, two weeks from that. But everything really, I, and school wasn't canceled or anything at that point. But I think we were probably joking around about it. Yeah. Um, just, so like, fucking where, around. So where were you, what were you doing when Tom Hanks got COVID? <laughs> um, I don't know. The, see, these are the things I should have remembered that moment. I, I do remember <laughs> just scrolling through Twitter. I, uh, yeah, and just seeing that, and that. Were I think you in? Were you in Champagne? I, I was in Champagne because I, I I actually stayed there um, for a few months after school was canceled. But yeah, I think honestly, Tom Hanks getting COVID was the start of it all, right? That was the beginning. That was when it got bad here. Yeah the the two the two moments. Yeah, it was like that, and then just like I think Ferran saying that OSU got canceled. That's when I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is going to affect us. And then I feel like uh, OSU getting canceled, it was like, oh, this affects us. And then Tom Hanks was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is going to affect I never, us. I did not think it was going <laughs> to affect our lives in any meaningful way. Because I had been, like, seeing stuff about it, um, like, in China in, like, January and shit. And it was just so far removed from our world. And... Yeah, it's I guess it's still crazy to think about. But. Interesting. Did you um did you date in college? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh so I had like one more serious relationship. I think I don't even know if you did you you met her, right? Glow. I never I never met Glow. Really? I was in uh yeah, I was in I was in Yellowstone, I think the summer that she was around. I'm pretty sure. Cuz I remember you guys um, went to like a concert and people like met her, but I was like gone. Um, so was she like your one girlfriend in college or did you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That, yeah, pretty much. Um, and how, how did that happen? Uh, Tinder. <laughs> Tinder. Yeah. So, yes. uh, I mean, it, it wasn't like a, I don't think it was ever like intended to be like a long-term relationship, at least from my end. Um, we kind of just met on Tinder, uh, like you'd meet anyone else on Tinder. Just started hanging out, and then we started dating, I guess, because we were hanging out that much. Uh, so it kind of, it wasn't really like, I don't think I was really seeking anything out. I don't know if she was seeking anything out, but it kind of just happened. And looking back on it now, um, positive experience overall? Did yeah. Did you learn anything from it? 
Yeah, definitely. I think I, I look on it positively. I mean, I yeah, we did break up like a year ago or something, but that was like really my first serious relationship. So I, I think I learned a lot about being in a relationship. Um, just like thinking about someone other than myself. Yeah, just I, I, I think I matured a lot through that relationship. Um, so, I, yeah, I definitely look back on it positively. Um, obviously, there is like some bullshit that happened, whatever. Uh-huh. But um, overall, yeah, that's, that's the game, right? Yeah, I mean, it happens. Yeah. Have you uh, been actively pursuing since? Obviously, COVID makes things tough, but. Yeah, I mean, I think pre-COVID I was, like, casually, uh, like, I guess on Tinder again, or Bumble, or whatever, whatever. Uh, But I've always kind of treated that, like, I've never been, like, super into the dating apps. Uh, It's it's almost more of, like, a phone game to me, you know? I think it's, like, super fun to swipe. Like, it's it's bad, but it's just, it's just really entertaining. And then, like, I don't even, like, message that many people, and then the people I do, like, I rarely meet up with, but, yeah, so I haven't really been seriously looking, and then I haven't had Tinder for a while, not really because I don't want to, but I just haven't updated my profile, and I feel like I I, I look different now, I don't know what to put for my bio, you know, so I, I, I... you got to put your best foot forward. You can't just have a half-ass profile. That's what people see. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, like, I want to, like, tell you um, that, like, oh, you should should hop on Hinge because that that has seemed to, like, work. I think that's where Kevin met his girlfriend right now. Um, That's where Hoppin met his girlfriend as well. Um, and that's where I met a girl I've been seeing a bit, um, but I wouldn't recommend it anymore. I feel like it's just like all of them. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think it, it like, it's branded like it's different for sure. It's, it's mean, branded like it's different, but I'm, I'm running to, into the exact same bullshit. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It, it's worth a shot for sure, but it's all kind of iffy. I feel like I'm not, I don't know, it works for a lot of people, but I feel like my vibe is more so going to be meeting someone mutual. It's definitely changed shit forever in the sense that I think it's, I don't know, I think it's, there are like safety concerns with it, but I think it's like much safer um, to do that kind of thing. So it's much safer to like talk to someone and then meet at a bar than just, like, try and pick up random people at a bar, like, especially from a female perspective. Um, so I think there are definitely positives, but overall... Well, I guess I, guess I should we'll wrap. Would we'll do again? Sure. Uh, but I guess I should... I, I kind of glossed over... So the reason it ended, I feel like I should acknowledge, is just... And it's weird because I've heard this from a friend just, like, talking about his girlfriend breaking up with him for like a similar reason so I've seen the other perspective but I think for me really I mean there was some things that I was annoyed about um at the time but I think I kind of felt trapped um and the relationship almost felt restrictive 
to me. And I think it, uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's anything that she did at all. Um, or maybe it was, but I think it was more of my perception of the freedoms that I was, that you have to give up to be in a relationship, right? Not that, um, I needed to do things. I, there, there are just, I felt like there were things that I couldn't do while being in a relationship. And I mean, they're de- you're definitely tied down in a sense, but I think, I don't think that was completely rational. I think it was more of just that feeling of a, a lack of freedom, I guess. Do you have an example of something you couldn't do? Something I couldn't do. Yeah. Are you just talking more generally? I'm I, I'm talking more generally in the sense that, that what what yeah, exactly. You're asking like what's an example of that? And that's why I say that that thought process wasn't really rational. Um it's it's I think it's more of a reflection of my personality and the fact that if I I guess if I wanted to do something, it would it would kind of I would assume that I would have to let Glow know, you know? I couldn't just do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. And, that, and yeah. something about that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I yeah. don't think that's, like, a healthy way to be. Um, and it's that's just a normal compromise that you have to make being in a relationship. And probably something that I need to work on myself. But So, so the next go-around, you'll work on communicating that earlier. Um, yeah. and setting boundaries and whatnot. Okay, interesting. Um, can you think back to um, a time in your life where you were depressed or you struggled for a while and how you overcame that? This sounds kind of like an interview question, but I'm curious. It, it does. Um, what really comes to mind there is probably the summer in between freshman and sophomore year of college. That was kind of like the weed summer. I mean, I still smoke a shit ton of pot, but that was like a a point that I can kind of look back and say that that was a legitimate problem and that I just kind of felt like shit all the time. And so I would wake up and smoke weed all the time. Um, and it's not a point that I want to go back to at any time. Um, I think I, there's probably other times where I've been able to rationalize just whatever hitting my pen at night. And I think a, a lot of just like smoking weed casually is perfectly fine. But I don't even know what what it necessarily stemmed from. But yeah, that was a, that was a pretty dark time. Um, and I. I wouldn't say that I'm, as for how I've overcome it, uh, I, I wouldn't see the say that I have completely overcome it, you know? I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm completely happy, you know? So how, do you have a, like a coping mechanism? Like I was talking to, we took, me and Ragman talked about this like a lot, and his big thing has been meditation, um, he talks about it a lot, and it's inspiring to me. I haven't been able to really do it yet, um, but I'd like to. <laughs> Hopefully, one day we'll see. Um, what do you have anything similar, like a coping mechanism to get through anxiety? Um, I think 
I'm sure I have many unhealthy coping mechanisms, but I think in terms of a healthy one, I think just turning all the lights off in my room, listening to some music, and that's always been just super therapeutic to me. Um, I, I I don't know. It's kind of just yeah. I, I, that's gotten me through it many times, and that's uh, I, it's a reason of kind of a lot of the music that I like that it's kind of gotten me through times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the what's what's your relationship like with weed now? Because um, I kind of am looking at it now. Um, I've had. So when it was worse, when it was worse for me, was when um, I would have a pen or whatever, and I would kind of hit it like you, like you said, kind of hit it in the morning. But for me, it wasn't really like a summer thing when I don't have anything to do. It was like when I had a, a fuck ton of shit to do, um, I would smoke weed instead, um, and either not do it or go and do it high. Um, which definitely was like a turning point for me where I knew that was like the first time where I recognized in myself that I had a problem <laughs> and maybe that I should go to AA, AA for weed, uh, WA, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. <laughs> um, but yeah. So where, where are you kind of at with it now? Well, I guess so near i think it was near the start of this year i was i was more concerned i think there's an argument to be made that it's it's kind of just it's not great for your mental health especially if you're depressed anxious whatever but um i was trying to make as little of an effect on my physical health as possible um so i started vaporizing you know my little vaporizer uh yeah i'm gonna Uh, get one soon (laughs) exactly so so i was i was on that for a while and that kind of at least made me feel a little better about the habit but i was still like an everyday user and 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 nowadays i'm in my parents house and i don't i don't know if they know i'm a stoner but uh i mean it's not a thing that i can do openly so i kind of just have a pen and i don't really hit it during the day i think i hit it like most nights and maybe i shouldn't but I'm at a point where personally I think I I can control myself and I think that's I think if I have a cart that can be hit at any time and I'm not hitting it at any time that's a that's a good indicator. That, yeah yeah that's a good indicator of it yeah I've definitely been at um yeah like kind of during quarantine I was starting to run into the issue again of just like smoking all day um but in the last few months I've kind of gotten my routine in order and I've been very good about holding off till seven or eight um, when I'm done with all my shit and yeah I feel good about it too um, yeah it, it's something that I yeah I talk about with a lot of you guys I talk about with Liam quite a bit um, it's it's an interesting battle 20 um, somethings have to face um, how much is too much how much is the right amount you've got a nine to five so I'll take the night shift And I'll never see you again If I can help it In 
So what are, so you mentioned just general, so just general sadness now. Um, what, what would you say, like, the general basis of that is? Does it have to do with COVID at all? Or is there anything kind of deeper there that you've been working through? Um, well, I don't think COVID's helped, but I don't think it's hurt. Well, I guess, well, yeah, so with COVID specifically, I think, I don't think it was really good for me in the fact that it, it the one the COVID started, I was still looking for a job and I had kind of pushed it off. So this is spring semester before I graduate. Um, and I had pushed it off because I just don't like getting things done if they don't need to be done right that second. So it, it kind of gave me an excuse almost. Um, obviously, it is somewhat of an excuse because the job market was terrible, but um yeah, I think it kind of gave me an excuse to not pursue it as hard, um, which is almost counterintuitive. Uh, just because it's harder, it kind of made me feel more defeated about it, but um, but also made me, it almost made it okay to be like, oh, it's just, it's COVID, so that's, that, that's kind of why I'm just kind of getting fucked over here. You have an excuse. Yeah, so it was a loss of responsibility. Everyone, everyone's was, fucked. Like yeah, so I just I kind of lost all accountability um, on that front. Mm-hmm. But I mean, before that, I think it's I think it's more stemming from what I really think would fulfill me in life, and I I I don't really know that. Um, I, I guess feel, I was I yeah feel. I was talking about how you know I'm not super passionate about my job, but I I mean I don't think that's like a I mean I think that's a place where almost everyone's at you know um, mm-hmm. I don't I think there's a pretty small percentage of people that love their job so much that they just want to go in every day but yeah yeah I don't know I've always been of the of the feeling that I would kind of just get a job and pursue the things that made me happy outside of that uh, but I don't know. I don't know if that's like a reasonable thing to expect because a job's a lot of. Uh... It is. It is. It's exhausting. Um, I don't have much brain capacity to do anything. I was tutoring today. Um, oh my god! I had this interaction with a lady who, like, we were messaging back and forth for like five minutes, and then it finally started going somewhere. And I was like, oh, like, um, what kind of what kind of paper are you writing? Um, and she was like, oh, it's it's an essay. <laughs> and we just kept going back and forth for like 45 minutes. And I just wanted to jump through my computer and strangle her. Um, this was like 45 minutes ago. So <laughs> it feels much nicer to be here talking to you. But yeah, no, I, I feel that for sure. Um, it sucks. Working sucks. But... Anyway, and I almost feel like I think I might have talked about this uh, earlier, but just not really knowing what I think there's there, there's a kind of a distinction between choosing or having to sacrifice what you want to do to make things work practically. But I just 
I don't feel passionate about, enough about everything, anything, uh, to really, to really want to do something. Uh, and that's just kind of sad, I think. I think that, that part of it is one of the things that makes COVID a negative. There's a lot less, there's a lot less avenues to explore when you can't go anywhere. Um, mm. and I feel like, a, I feel like a lot of passions, um, are built off people too and just like meeting people and figuring out what people do um and you can't fucking meet anyone so um i think it'll get easier for sure <clears throat> when did you first hear of car seat headrest probably like like 20 i think whatever the uh, we, when we were going to Lollapalooza and partying hard at Lollapalooza, i remember uh they were there uh I think in like 2016 and I think I might have just like seen their name on the uh or I might have like probably like heard of like drunk drivers or something so this is like soon after Teens of Denial was released probably came up on my Discover Weekly or something and I saw that they were going to be at Lala and I kind of just started liking them a lot. I guess to my earlier comments when I say that a lot of music that I really like is music that has gotten me through some shit uh yeah i think car seat headrest is kind of what i was talking about <laughs> yeah in that comment yeah. um yeah they probably are my favorite band for that uh-huh. reason yeah they're they're really awesome <laughs> and i uh i was so excited to see fucking them in twin peaks in milwaukee which just would have been so fucking fun and mm-hmm. that was supposed to be in may and obviously that didn't happen i'm really looking forward to uh, getting back to shows, um, like we were kind of talking about next summer. Um, and when I kind of think about, go ahead. I was just thinking that I have a, (laughs) I just have a prediction or what I'm hoping is going to happen is that everyone that got their tour canceled and everyone that was gonna go on tour this year and everyone that was going to go on tour last year is just going to all be on tour at the same time. And it's just going to be, so it's just going to fuck. Yeah. And I think I think that will hopefully, like I don't know. There's there's so much shit about like save the stages in Chicago, like everywhere I drive around. There's like signs mm-hmm. um, up in the windows and stuff like that. And I, f- I feel like that. I feel like once those venues are able to open again, those that survive, I feel like will thrive, um, because everyone took them for granted, basically. Um, musicians and fans alike mm-hmm. so yeah i think it'll be i think it'll be like a new a new little wave um it'll be awesome and yeah and I, and I think i think back to our relationship and just music has been an integral part of that listening to music together is always fun going we've gone to a few shows together um I, we went to the grape tooth show um, mm-hmm. that's the one that kind of instantly came to mind um, yeah <laughs> that, that shit was so fucking fun we saw dead dead open for them um mm-hmm. and i like I, I think yeah my uh my ears i think still ring from uh like clay banging the the drums like, yeah they turned <laughs> they turned up the volume like <laughs> doubled during blood yeah. And, yeah yeah that shit was so fucking loud but but yeah i'm I can't wait to attend concerts with you again. And I can't wait to 
lots of good festival experiences as well. I remember um, you, me, and Rogman um, camping out for Muse um, for like an hour. Uh, this was when I like poured and Sam and Joe both lost, both lost their phones. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I remember like maybe like 30 seconds before Muse went on, um, you dash passed out. <laughs> it was like a very funny <laughs> it was a very funny thing that Ragman and I had to deal with because well from our perspective we this this wasn't like the first time it wasn't the happened. first it wasn't so, so we knew like he was good like he this just happens like he gets a little dehydrated um, and he passes out but then he bounces back up and he's fine um but, like, the group of people, like, around us <laughs> couldn't, like, put two and two together. So there was, like, a bunch of people around us, like, like giving us dirty looks and being like, aren't you going to go, like, check on your friend? <laughs> and Robin <laughs> were like, like, nah, he's good. Uh, he's good. <laughs> and really, oh, no, it really is. Nah, oh, is being super dehydrated, being in, like, a huge group of yeah. people, <laughs> smoking some weed, getting kind of anxious. And how we, and how, straight passing out. Yeah, and I got no. I guess I, <laughs> and how we justified no, it? <laughs> no, they passed. They passed me up uh, through the crowd, and then brought me to the med tent. And then when I got there, I was I was pretty much good. And they <laughs> they gave me like a bottle of water, and yeah. So I guess someone asked like, "Oh, like what are you doing here?" I was like, "Oh, I just like needed some water," and I just walked out. So yeah, it was chill. But I <laughs> that I I could definitely see being a bystander and being like that's kind of fucked up yeah <laughs> we, we we yeah we justified it as like he wouldn't have wanted us to leave um so we we knew we no would. i wouldn't have even <laughs> if i had actually died <laughs> yeah um so yeah festivals i miss i'm, I'm very excited to i, I really want to get to Bonnaroo, hopefully in the next couple years um i think that would be a very fun squad activity uh, just to camp out. Yeah, I've never done a camping festival actually. So I yeah, I did one. Fun. I did one um, in Iowa called Hinterland. Um, after I came back from Yellowstone, I feel like Rue would be different in the sense that it would just be fucking massive. Um, and I like that they have like the after hours stage where it goes to like four a.m. and shit. Um, so yeah, one day. <laughs> well, while, while we're on the topic of shit, honestly, you asked me earlier about coping me- mechanisms, and I think going to shows was kind of like one of my biggest releases, which is one of the, the I think, the worst part about COVID, just not being able to do that. But yeah. it, it just kind of having something to look forward to, I guess. Even, um, even, when, it's, even when it's like a month out or mm-hmm. something... That's still yeah, like, it's still it's like oh like in a month I'm gonna see this band, like that's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, can't wait. And especially, I don't know my my big thing with moving to Chicago and then moving to New York. That's kind of one of the main reasons. Just to always be, just be able to hop on a train and go somewhere um, is very appealing to me. And it fucking sucks that we can't do that. It's yeah, it's concerts and, for me, movie theaters as well. Two things that I can do 
that I can do solo, and I've always been able to do solo, um, and still have just like a great time, um, and release some endorphins, and yeah, so that sucks, for sure. This is a good talk, good talk. Mm. I wanted to ask if you've ever like had a fallen out with someone. Is that something you've experienced? I don't think I'm a person that really has like a uh, a messy falling out with someone. That's not really my style. Um, and that's not really how it goes. But w- what does happen is that I can kind of, I think it's easy for me to kind of uh, lose touch with people. Um, just kind of when I'm, when I'm away from people and you're kind of doing your own thing and whether it's if it's like I'm at school have my friends there it's it's kind of easy for me to forget about everything else and and I think that's definitely caused me to neglect some relationships that should be that I should be reaching out to people and that I'm not and that that's the only thing that I could really say about that is that uh yeah, I think I have, when I have a falling out with someone, it's, it's it's not a thing, it's just not a thing anymore. And that that's something I definitely want to work on. Um, just being, I, obviously, that goes both ways if the other person isn't reaching out to me. But, yeah, it's, it's a two-way street, for mm-hmm. sure. But, yeah, I think I'm just, I'm, I'm bad at that. Yeah, and, I feel that. Yeah, that's something... It's something I struggle with. Um, I was thinking about it today. Yeah, I just wish. I think I, I think I'm generally um, pretty decent about it. Um, I'm someone who tends to be the plan maker in relationships I have. Um, tends to be the person who calls a little more, um, which is kind of a role I've just kind of taken on. Um, kind of stemming from a fact that, I don't know, I just kind of need it. I think I'm a little more um, of an empath and a little more, uh, what's the word, extroverted in that way. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about it today. I wish just, like, I wish just people would text me more. <laughs> like, it, it always, like, makes me really happy uh, when someone gives me a call or texts me. Um, well, I'll be sure to yeah but, yeah, but just so. know that when I when I do say that and that I'm bad at reaching out to people, but I have I have a terrible habit of just thinking about oh, this would be a great you know when you think of someone uh, something reminds you of them, and I'll be like oh this is a great time to reach out to them and be like hey I saw this thing maybe thank you yeah and that'll be on my to do list for that day. And then I'll be like, ah, oh, I'll just do that tomorrow. It'll get pushed off to the next day. And then until it's to the point where I'm like, oh, can I even hit them up about that? Or is it too late now? And then it kind of just, that it, I, I follow that path way too many times. And it's really dumb. But uh-huh. it's not that I'm not thinking about the people. Right, right. Yeah, It's just, just your style. Um, and I feel <laughs> like it's not, it's not a bad thing to communicate with friends as well um, which has been something that I've thought about doing with certain people um, just being like hey 
I need a little more attention from you, please. <laughs> and there's like nothing really wrong with that. Um, it's, no, I don't. There's anything wrong. With I, that. I think it's, some people should tell me that. Spotify Wrapped. I wanted to talk about. So you said your numbers were low because you've been gaming. Yeah. So I was. I'm at like. I was at like thirteen thousand this year, and I'm not like a. I'm I'm not a stat patter, you know. I, I usually don't have that many. Yeah. And then, um, but it was definitely, uh, it was probably like around like half of the minutes that I have in a normal year, which is odd because I think a lot of people this year had a lot more than they usually have. Um, but yeah, a lot of that is just because I've been straight up addicted to gaming, um, and. It's it's honestly been a problem. Like in the early pandemic, I would be, you know, I think a lot of people are bored during this time, but I've been like, there's like things I want to do. I've been on episode or season four, episode 11 of The Sopranos for like three weeks now because I, I like want to get it done, but like I don't have time to do it because I'm just like playing games until I have to go to bed. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I <laughs> I don't have time, but um, yeah, it's kind of just I I think it's and and now I'm uh, I'm planning on building a gaming PC. That's probably not going to help the addiction. Might be able to might I might have to game more just to justify the purchase. But um, yeah, and that's it's not only reflected in the the amount of music I was listening to, but also if you look at uh, my top five artists, I think. I don't think it changed from last year at all. Uh, I think I, it might. I I don't think it changed much, but and and I I have a feeling. It, I didn't actually look back. At, I don't know if I had, like you can even access that, but I just remember it being the exact same. And that's kind of a reflection on me. Just I I don't think I really sought out new stuff as much, which really sucks. Oh, and when I think about like times where I'm in my life where. I'm not as happy and I feel like there's always like a point in the year where I'm not like listening to music, not finding new music and and I think that I think I'm less happy during those times. It's probably something I should prioritize. Interesting. Something I tried to do and it went it went well for maybe like two months. Is like I kinda had a New Year's New Year's resolution. Um like I think my junior year of college, so like the first couple months of second semester of junior year, um, I listened to a new album every day. Um, which like, I don't know, when you, when you think of the time in a day, that's really not that difficult. Um, just considering how much time we spend on our phones anyway, like 45 minutes mm-hmm. while you're walking somewhere or working on something. Um, but that's a good way to hit a lot of the classics you want to hit, hit discover new things and yeah I've, I, I keep wanting to do that more um, and maybe I'll start um, I think to Liam maybe a couple of weeks ago about getting a group chat of music heads and everyone like I don't know trying maybe like splitting it up where someone like recommends an album like every day or something um just to expand our horizons a bit and kill some time during the pandemic um i might work on that 
Stay tuned. That would be pretty cool. But I don't think when you you mentioned your 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 album a day thing and how it doesn't seem like that much, but that's that sounds super overwhelming to me. Super like uh, like a lot. Yeah, it's just a lot because I think. Uh, whenever I try to listen to a new album, I, I, I can't really be doing anything else. Or I'll kind of just be like, oh, I kind of like forgot what all that shit sounded like. Like if I'm listening to something new, I try to just be listening to that. And honestly, are you... I know you're a person that kind of like likes to have stuff on in the background. Um, just music. I... I, I can't do that at all. I try, like, I've tried to do it while I'm working. Even, like, less, like, lyrically driven shit. But I really, I think it just kind of makes me, I, my focus is just divided between the two and I can't do it. So kind of when I'm, when I'm, and I guess the two exceptions are if I'm driving or if I'm walking. Um, great times to listen to music. But other than that, it's kind of, I'll be like, I want to listen to this right now, and I'll put my headphones on and listen. But yeah, I'm constantly stimulated. It's just kind of how I am. Like, I don't know, in college I would just always have, I would just always have my AirPods in, like default. I listen to an audiobook or a podcast while I eat breakfast. Then I go biking and do deliveries, I'm either listening to me or a podcast. And I come home, I eat lunch, and I watch Netflix. I tutor, I watch a movie or something, Um, and then I take a shower, listen to music, uh, (laughs) eat dinner, watch TV, uh, and then go to bed. So it's kind of a lot. So I should maybe think about um, incorporating some silence into my life, and I think meditation might help with that. So another thing I should get on as well. And I've, I've, I've thought about this. I think maybe not what makes me tick right now, but what I would hope to make me tick in the future. And kind of what... I, I talked about not knowing what's going to give me fulfillment in life. And I, I think a lot of like my inner struggle right now is kind of balancing like having a job, other stuff I want to do in life, and like what's the point of this job, you know? I'm getting money. What am I going to do with that? There's a certain point where you have to have a job to have the right to live, basically, right? Um, Just be able to pay your bills, have a place to live, eat food. Uh, But beyond that, and then I I think beyond that, and I think, okay, I can buy a PC to play games at higher resolution, but... uh, I was I was thinking about like what's really the point, you know? And the o- the only thing I can think of is I mean the love you have for others and being loved by others. That's like that, that that's that's really the only point. That's a point. If I had to say that there is a point of life, then that's what I'd say it was. And I don't think I think if you if you met me, I don't know if I don't think I come off that way personally. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Um, but that's kind of I don't know. That's where I kind of want to be at, and that's probably not. That's not where I've always. It's all about love, baby. That's it. And I think I honestly think I think psychedelics kind of make you see that a bit as well. 
Yeah, I think that's 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 about the time where that transition. Happened yeah, I get off, but... I get I get super lovey lovey dovey whenever I'm on any of that shit, um, and it helps put things in perspective. That yeah, love people, being loved by people, that's that's key. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Hopefully, well, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I can get there. In my... I think I think I'm I, I, I'm part of the way there already. I think I have. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, this was a great conversation. Thanks for coming on the pod. Um, and yeah, now that you've been on, I hope I hope you'll come on again as a recurring guest um, in the future. And uh, yeah, this was it was great catching up. It was super fun. I've never been on a podcast before, and that was honestly something I was like, I kind of want to be a guest on a podcast. It could be fun. So when you asked me, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do want to do that. <laughs> Thanks again to Yudesh for joining me for this episode of Innocence Lost. Um, it was a lot of fun catching up with him, and it's been a lot of fun living with him um, these past couple months. Uh, he's one of my best friends, and I'm looking forward to a long relationship filled with lots of music and laughs. Thanks to you all for listening as well. I'm starting to hash out the release schedule for this show. It's going to be bi-weekly just because it's worked for me in the past um, and it doesn't seem like a too crazy of a workload. Um, so yeah, if you enjoyed this episode or you want to come on, uh, shoot me a text or call me. Um, <laughs> as I mentioned in the show, I love that. So uh, peace. Have a good one.